0: AM 1060 KDUS Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale, Phoenix.
1: It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Murray dancing in the pocket. He's looking long. He's looking for Rondell Moore. He's got it. Touchdown Cardinals Kyler Murray nearly 48 yards for the score. And that's the first receiving touchdown of the year for Rondell Moore.
2: Second and goal Williams inside the five to so the goal line. short.
1: He might have fumbled that ruling on the field is that the Los Angeles runner fumbled the ball the ball touched the pylon ruling on the previous play is under
3: further review. The call has already been reversed. It is a touchdown. Arizona State did a good job of picking it up.
1: Ran to perfection, however, a flag on the field. There is no foul on the play. The formation was deemed to be legal. Touchdown. So no flag, touchdown, Arizona State. And one more look. Just a direct snap, one on one, hat
2: on a hat. And Morgae able to dive in. Arizona starting the second quarter here with a quick pitch to Wiley,
3: and he's going to score!
2: This is stunning! 31 yards, not a hand on him!
3: the 32. Goff, climbs it. Goff launches, got him in! End zone, touchdown! Jamison Williams is becoming a big play threat, and he's got the Lions within a score. Prescott looking to make him pay. Third and goal. Panthers show blitz, they come with it. Prescott floating one for the corner. Caught, C. D.
2: Lamb. Touchdown, Dallas. <laughs> Second and goal, Purdy out of the shotgun. They look to throw it. Back of the end zone,
1: Kittles wide open. Touchdown, 49ers. Third touchdown pass of the day for Purdy to a third different guy.
3: Travion Henderson bounces it outside. Off he goes! Third gear! Fourth gear! Fifth gear! Henderson is gone! Touchdown, Ohio State! No flags! Calm. Touchdown, Michigan. Just
1: like that, Wolverines respond. Final minute now of the first half as Penix heaves it down into the end zone. Touchdown, Oduja for the second time tonight. 32-yard strike, one of the best in his position in college football. 7 to
0: 28, almost the end of the first quarter. Travis, 40, first down,
1: and across midfield for Jordan Travis late in the quarter 16 yards on the rush and he's clutching his left leg dial 602-260-1060 that's 602-260-1060 or tweet the show at kdus am 1060 and now here's your sports zone guide bob kemp on kdus am 1060
2: Welcome to the Wednesday, November 22nd edition of the Sports Zone, not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis in today's Sports Zone. Right here on KDUSAM 1060 and KSLux HD2 100.7. Cardinals and Rams, who you got Sunday in Glendale? Sun Devils Wildcats, who you got ATS Saturday in Tempe? On the marquee, pick any game uh, this week on the schedule college and/or pro ATS. Also, Washington, the University of. Uh, was it right for the college football committee to move Washington ahead of Florida State? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday, and moments of we'll the introduction to today's pipeline. 10:15 around college football with Bill Bender, the sporting news. We'll go through games of the upcoming weekend, also talk a little about the CFP standings, among other things. 1030 interactive action at 602, 260, 1060, and also the local roundup. That'll include a little Suns and Blazers analysis from last night. Not much required other than a little. Meanwhile, final segment of the Sports Zone will be the national roundup. Top five, ripped from the headlines and from the wire. Then after the sports zone, it is the extra point. Friday spread on a Wednesday today. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Of course, that's hosted by Kayla. On to the pipeline we go.
3: Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the
0: hot topics for discussion.
2: And we begin with a KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question, who wins Sunday in Glendale, Cardinals or Rams? And Kayla is here and has the early returns.
1: Rams out in front, 75% of the vote. Cardinals sitting at 25%.
2: Sean McVay continued his almost perfect career dominance of the Cardinals earlier this season, that course in Inglewood, when the Rams outscored the Cardinals 20-0 to after halftime, they won that game 26-9. to Today's Twitter poll question, who you got Saturday in Tempe, ASU plus 10.5 or the U of A minus 10.5, and Kayla, what's going on here? We have U of A
1: minus 10 and a half, at just a hair ahead at 55.6% of the vote. ASU plus 10 and a half at 44.4%. This is over on Twitter at KDUSAM1060.
2: The Wildcats enter with a five-game winning streak, their longest win streak in nine seasons. Uh, the Sun Devils have three wins this season, including two of those games at home against Washington State and the other against FCS opponent, uh, Utah, uh, Utah, Southern Utah, right? Southern Utah. That was like, some, it seems like 100 years ago, that first game. Anyway, that was an FCS opponent. Uh, by the way, U of A coach Jed Fish is being mentioned as a candidate for the University of Florida head coaching job, as that's assuming that former ASU assistant coach Billy Napier is fired, which could happen as early as this weekend. Uh, by the way, uh, what's the deal with that? Well, Fish is actually a University of Florida alum which I did not know until yesterday when somebody from Florida I used to work with in Chicago called me and said, hey, what's this deal with Jed Fish going to Florida? And that's the first I'd heard of that. And since then, I've heard this mentioned, not our conversation, but I heard it mentioned on a podcast that Fish is a candidate if that opening occurs at the University of Florida. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, Thanksgiving week means NFL games in four of the next five days beginning tomorrow. Thursday slate includes five of six teams with winning records. Uh, this is like the best Thanksgiving Thursday I can remember. There's some pretty good games here. Uh, a lot of these games well, largely because the Lions haven't been any good forever until like now. Anyway, so that's part of the thing. Uh, so we'll send that on Friday the Dolphins play, but unfortunately the Jets are scheduled to play also. Meanwhile, rivalry week in college football, top by Saturday's Ohio State-Michigan game. In Ann Arbor, the undefeated showdown there. So pick any game from the NFL or college football schedule. ATS preferably. Speaking of college football, Washington moved ahead of Florida State last night in the college football rankings. They, uh, supposedly, because the Huskies have a better resume. Haven't they had a better resume for a few weeks? But uh, whatever. Supposedly, that's why they moved ahead, and not because of the Jordan Travis injury. So we were told. Uh, do you believe that Washington moved ahead of Florida State and it's not because of the Jordan Travis injury? Do you buy in this thing that now they suddenly recognize that Washington has played a better schedule than Florida State? In addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's pipeline for today with we'll to all these tremendous topics and much more. Either during today's sensational one-hour sports zone or during the extra point hosted by Kayla, which is uh, you know, a Wednesday spread. Uh, because we won't be here on Friday. Uh, general discussion if you want to jump aboard. If you don't like any of those pipeline questions, sports-related topics, we're all for that. We don't, I don't know any about anything that's not sports-related, so don't even bring it up. Uh, call, callers, once again, 602-260-1060. You can also tweet the show at kdusam1060 or twitter.com slash kdusam1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules... Or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update that will be followed by a preview of the College Football Week uh, and a little uh, CFP talk with Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time, general discussion once again, Uh, We won't be here tomorrow or Friday, so if you got any uh, games you want to get in, ask about, predict, etc. The bottom of the hour, 6:02, 260, 1060. General discussion, as I mentioned, but guessing that most of the interest would be games for this upcoming Thanksgiving week. So there you go. Also, a little local roundup at the bottom of the hour. Some Suns and Blazers analysis, which you know. Probably, I got like three or four things, which is maybe three or four more things than I should have. So we'll see how that goes. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle HD2
3: 100.7. Bringing you the latest
0: sports topics weekly right here on KDUS. AM 1060 with me. The Doug Olive Show, 1 to 3 p.m.
2: Welcome back to the sports zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. It is rivalry week in college football. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the Sports Center by Bill Bender, the Sporting News. Bill, always good to have you on. Happy Thanksgiving week, et cetera. Uh let, Let's start with Ohio State and Michigan in the undefeated battle. When it's the Ohio State offense versus the Michigan defense, what are you going to be most looking for at that point?
1: Well, the balance. You know, can, can Ohio State stay balanced with Travion Henderson? They've obviously – ran the ball very well the, uh, last couple of weeks. So if they, you know, the last two games in particular, 56 runs, 57 or 57 runs, 56 passes, if they maintain that balance and don't turn the ball over and make Michigan stay on the field and maybe pick up the tempo like Maryland did last week, they'll be fine.
2: Okay. So let's flip this Michigan's offense. Uh, yeah, which is uh, after after actually winning the past two years, they really dominated the line of scrimmage by running the ball against Ohio State. They had the big plays towards the end of that second half last year. But, you know, they really dominated the Ohio State defense. Has the Ohio State defense improved enough this year to make a difference on Saturday?
1: Well, we're going to find out. And last year it was big plays. The year before it was Michigan was able to run the ball down their throat at will. Um, we can make the sign-stealing jokes if you want. But I think the the key for Michigan will be, you know, having balance. Same thing. They've ran it 91 times, passed it 31 times the last two weeks. I don't think that's going – if they can run it 30 times in a row against Ohio State, the Buckeyes <laughs> are in trouble. I don't think that's going to happen. They're going to need to put the ball up a little more this week.
2: So who wins on Saturday in Ann Arbor?
1: Yeah. It's a coin flip and a tough call, and I've, I've struggled with this pick all week because I really think it's going to be the game that you and I grew up with, uh, the one-score right. headbanger, both teams hmm. knocking each other around, and one turnover makes a difference. I think the Ohio State 22, Michigan 17, but it could just as easily go the other way.
2: Okay, you mentioned the sign stealing stuff and you know, everything else that's going on in this program. you know, after Saturday, Harbaugh will have missed uh six of the twelve games this season because of some form of a suspension. Uh, because of the controversy and his you know seemingly annual flirtation with the NFL, and if he loses on Saturday at home is you know he may be in a little trouble in Michigan.
1: Well, I think the fallout works both ways. I mean, if Ohio State loses, there's going to be people, unreasonable people calling for Ryan Day. And if Michigan loses, the fallout from everything that's been going on that I've been writing about for the last five weeks comes to a head, I think, a little bit. You know, I can't speak for what the NCAA timetable will be on investigating Michigan, but it's part of the conversation. And I think right now, you know, we'll see. But if Michigan wins, I think some of that you kind of like kick that can down the road a little
2: bit, Bob. Okay, yeah, we'll get to some of the other Saturday games here momentarily. Bill Bender, the sporting news, currently in the sports on College football playoff: uh, the uh, rankings have certainly lacked drama these uh, you know, throughout this month of November so far. Top eight teams, same top eight every week. Obviously, a different order in the last couple of weeks and a couple of spots. Uh, do you what do you disagree with so far from the committee in the first you know three or four weeks of these standings?
1: Um, you know, I think it's definitely pretty cut and dry. Honestly, I haven't disagreed with much. I, I figured last night that they were going to bump Washington ahead of Florida State and and use the justification about the strength schedule. When the truth is, they see what we all see that Jordan Travis got injured. I think. Uh, um, you know, other than that, the top ten is the top ten. They probably should have Louisville over Missouri, but that's minor. I think that's just window dressing to kind of slot those SEC teams the way they need them slotted slot. So, I, you know, again, I, I don't – until some of these unbeaten Power 5 teams lose, and we'll have one this week, there isn't too much to complain about.
2: Speaking of unbeaten Power 5 teams, Washington keeps winning games. They haven't won a game by more than ten points since September – uh, but, you know, what, what's your take on Washington at this point of the season?
3: They're a really good team.
1: Really good team. Really good uh, offense. They, the defense, like Luke Morgan said last night, has come around a little bit. So, I think they're, they're on schedule. As long as they take care of business the next two weeks, they will probably go to the college football playoff. They will probably, uh, you know, they've beaten three-ranked teams the last couple weeks, and, it's definitely one of those deals where this is a very good football team. And I think this Oregon rematch, if it comes to it, unless Arizona can get in the way, is going to be very exciting. It could determine a playoff berth, could determine the Heisman Trophy, could determine who goes to the college football playoff. All of those things are on the table.
2: You mentioned Arizona. I think this is the first time we've ever had a football discussion where the University of Arizona has come up. Excuse me. Speaking of up, they're up to fifteenth last night. Uh, you know what has impressed you most about the UVA program so far this year?
1: Uh, you know, I I think they are one of the most fun teams to watch in the country, and it, it's been amazing to watch Noah Fafita. The offense. I, I as you know, I step late and watch these games, and sometimes you drift yeah. a little bit, but with them, I, I don't drift. They're fun, and uh, it goes back to the USC game to me. Even though they lost that game, the the excitement that they were playing with, the ability to balance the offense with running and passing and the defense flies around, Jed Fish deserves to at least be in the conversation for Coach of the Year.
2: Actually, I got a call from Florida with a guy I used to work with in my syndicated days in Chicago yesterday, wondering if there's any truth to the rumor that Jed Jed Fish would take the Florida job if it opened, and I thought, Really? Then he told me that uh, Jed Fish actually went to the University of Florida, so I don't know if there's uh, connecting the dots there, if that works or not. But he's certainly getting national attention. If I'm getting a call from Florida about uh, you know him maybe you know being offered the Florida job,
1: yeah, you know he'll be a candidate, and uh, he was, and there was some rumors that UCLA might pop open, which has since been rescinded. Yeah. It looked like he might be a candidate for that one, so. Definitely an interesting proposition, but you know what? He's done very well, and he deserves the credit for that. He probably will be linked depending on what jobs pop open, but he also could just as easily off the state of Arizona. It's an exciting time for the program, getting to switch conferences. Every, I think that's part of next year, too, is some of these programs are going to have to bounce around and figure out where they're at.
2: Yeah, that's a very good point. Talking with Bill Bender from the Sporting News Okay, back to some of these games this week. Let's uh, start on Friday. Uh, Oregon, uh, do, they, uh, you know, do they? They've certainly been on an amazing roll here of late. They're in a revenge situation against Oregon State. They blew a twenty-one point lead and lost to them last year. So how how's Oregon and Oregon State? How do you handicap that game?
1: And I, it could go either way in terms of you know it's a, a one of these bad feeling games I've been talking about all week, Oregon. State, obviously, is is going to be high emotion. Last time they've played, uh, last time they're going to play before they switch conferences, and who knows the future of that program. And then Oregon, of course, is looking so good. 35 points or more last five weeks, covered three of the last five games, has a chance to build some momentum with Bo Nix for this Pac-12 championship game. I know conventional wisdom says it probably will be a close game, but I like the Ducks. The cover, I think they run away with that one.
2: Texas, in the last couple of weeks, they've lost Jonathan Brooks, their leading rusher, to a season-ending ACL injury. Last week, they lost their best receiver, Xavier Worthy, and I have not heard what his status is. They also lost one of their best offensive linemen, D.J. Campbell, in that game against Iowa State last week. Any opinion on whether the Longhorns cover the 13-point number at home against Texas Tech? That's another one of these bad feelings games. Yeah, Texas Tech, uh, much more uh, interested in playing Texas and vice versa, needless to say.
1: Yeah, this is another one of those bad-feeling games I was just talking about, Texas Tech. Brad Yormoff made those comments in the off season about yeah. rather, uh, the, you, know, the, you know, and Steve Sarkeesian filed them away, kept the receipt. So for Texas, I think it's a really interesting spot. One thing I was worried about with the Jonathan Brooks injury was how would the running game be? Well, we got the answer last week. C.J. Baxter kept it going. C.J. Baxter kept it going. And then the passing game was good. They've taken care of business in the close games too. So, I think Texas continues to kind of force the issue a little bit, wins another game, gets a little bit closer to the playoffs, and somebody else flips up
2: your mark is he going to be there tomorrow or let me see uh friday when they play that game he him, they should have him like flip the coin or something before the game starts
1: i mean yeah uh, you know he he might <laughs> so i mean and, and oklahoma also still has a chance to get to the big Twelve championship game it's really interesting to see there um we'll see who gets in but that's again Bob, another bad-feeling game, like Oklahoma leaving the conference. These schools that are leaving with all the changes in college football, the playoff race being as tight as it is. There's only eight teams, in my opinion, that can make the college football playoff right now. And, you know, you might see three head-to-head matchups among them. And then Florida State sitting there. I will say this, and I I didn't address it earlier. If Florida State wins their next two games, they're going to the playoffs. I don't care who the quarterback is. They're not going to leave an undefeated Power 5 champion out.
2: So basically, they would replace the Michigan Ohio State loser. I take it in the top four.
1: Uh, yes, yeah. They they will. I think the Ohio State Michigan loser is out. I think the yeah. Alabama Georgia loser is out. Although they're kind of laying the groundwork a little bit for Georgia to make the college football playoff, even if they lose to Alabama.
2: That's true. No question. This next game, you know, back to the hard-feeling you know, theme here, but Washington and Washington State announced this week they're going to play for at least the next five years. So is there still hard feelings here? I'm sorry, that cut out? What was the last The Washington and Washington State, uh, they're going to play apparently. They announced this week they're going to play for at least the next five years. So is there still bad feelings between Washington and Washington State?
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, and I think that's the one. You know the hard part about picking games on rivalry week is you don't know when the records are so different. You, you, we always say throw the records out the window. So, which game will be close? I just said I liked Oregon by a lot, and then I kind of like Washington State to hang around against Washington, even though there's no reason or rhyme to it, right? Washington's a much better team. I am glad they're continuing that series. I think one of the byproducts of all this realignment is we're losing some of those games. So uh, for me, it's pretty cool that they're going to be able to play for the next five years. And I hope they're able to continue that. I hope Oregon, Oregon state can continue to play. I hope Oklahoma, Oklahoma state start playing a little bit.
2: Yeah. Oregon, Oregon state. I know the coaches both talked this week, how they want to continue the series. Now, whether the administrators feel the same way, I have no idea, but at least the coaches think that. So yeah, that would be, Uh, I think it would be wrong if those teams uh, quit playing, but uh, we'll see how that goes. By the way, uh, any other games that kind of catch your attention this weekend, whether it be Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Uh,
1: Kentucky-Louisville. Louisville's having a really good season. I think Kentucky's going to hang with them. Um, You know, I'm going to be honest, though, Bob. Like, I have so much focus on Ohio State-Michigan. We did have a piece this week that I want you to check out. I'll send it over to Kayla about how this might be the last great war between the two. And I know the war analogies they're they're frowned upon, but, you know, this was built on Woody Hayes and the 10 year war. And this is the last time they're going to play where there's going to be absolute consequences with the big 10 and the college football playoff before we get into that 12 team, 18 team league next year.
2: Well, somebody that was born in Columbus, Ohio, I don't know if that's ever going to go away. So I understand the, the long term you know the you know the ultimate consequence with the twelve team playoff et cetera might be a little different but uh and they might actually play the next game the next week right next season once they you know if there's a big ten championship game they might actually play two weeks in a row, which would be interesting but uh so hard for me to believe it was just gonna kind of go away, but uh you know as far as uh you know hatred and uh, you know rivalry et cetera but uh I totally get it for sure from your view from your view uh your viewpoint on that
3: yeah well i
1: mean just there be alterations it's still, still high state michigan but the terms of the agreement have changed you know you can lose and still go to the playoffs. you can lose and be an eight yeah. this saturday is going to be the closest thing and i've you know i think 20 million people are going to watch the game i think it's the closest thing we've had to the 10-year war with William bow in terms of animosity and Unrest yeah. and the other team just wanting to beat the other team. And I think we're going to get a game that's a homage to the 10 year war, because I think these defenses are outstanding. They're the only two in the FBS that allow 10, less than 10 points per game.
2: Bill, good stuff as always have fun. We appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks so much. All right, Bill Bender, the sporting news, excellent stuff. And uh, check out his work at sporting And, uh, I gotta go check out that story on, uh, the Ohio State Michigan rivalry, et cetera. I you know, probably am somewhat aware of some of the facts involved, but we'll see how that goes. All right, next segment's phone call time. If you want to jump aboard, 602 260 1060. 602 260 1060. Also, today's local roundup that will include a little Suns and Blazers analysis. The local roundup will be dependent on how much phone call volume there is. So we got uh, plenty of time in the next segment if you want to take advantage of that. 602-260-1060. Don't forget, different version of the uh, sports zone and, uh, today and uh, obviously the extra point, especially a different version. Yeah, we're going to do the Friday spread on Wednesday because we're not going to be here on Friday. Uh, so we'll go through all the college and, uh, and NFL games of a uh, major consequence. Uh, once again, hosted by Kayla. And we'll also have our... You know, a prop bad update with Brian Lewis from Pro Football Network. All that coming in the next two hours. Still got a little while to go. Two more segments in the Sports Zone, so hang in there with me. We'll appreciate it. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and Castelux HD 2 100.7.
0: KDUS AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show,
2: the Doug Gottlieb Show, and SportsMap
0: Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM
1: 1060.
3: It's time for today's local roundup.
2: Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. It is uh, time for phone calls if you want to jump aboard. If you're on hold, we'll get to you in a couple of minutes. 602 260 1060. Also, let's get a little local roundup here. The Suns extended their winning streak to five games last night. The Suns' 13 point favorites one by 13. 1 120-107 uh, to 107 against the really bad Blazers, who were without several key players, including their starting backcourt because of injuries. But I don't know if they're any good when they're healthy. Uh, they've now lost eight consecutive games. The Blazers before last night, they were coming off a 43-point loss to Oklahoma City. Three things that I thought before the season started for the Suns are happening. Number one. Basically, they're going to be about score teams in the regular season. We've certainly seen that. Number two, they're not a good defensive team. And number three, the Suns' bench is not good, which is why they cannot continue to – they don't hold any of these leads. They blow these leads once the bench comes in. Last night it happened both halves. Uh, They had a substantial lead, and as soon as the bench is out there, they blow the lead. Meanwhile, Kevin Durant's recent scoring surge continued. He finished with 31 points. That is his ninth consecutive game with at least 25 points. DeAndre Ayton on the other team last night. He finished with 18 points, 9 out of 14 shooting, 8 rebounds. Bottom line, the Suns' bad defense really did not allow them to take care of business and put away the uh, inferior opponent. Uh, They had many of their starters in the uh, game in the last few minutes because of that. And that could play a role tonight because they host the Warriors here tonight. So, not really exactly sure who's playing for the Warriors, but it's the NBA in November. So, does anybody ever really know who's playing in any NBA game? All right, on to the phone lines we go. Let's go to Rob in Mesa. Hi, Rob. Bob, how are you today? Good, thanks.
3: Good, good. Uh, I'm... I know college basketball is just starting up for you, and you got so much other, so many other things going on sports-wise. But I I was watching uh, Marquette in Kansas last night, and this Marquette team—they went on the road and beat a decent Illinois team in Champaign. Then in Hawaii, they took down Kansas, which turned the ball over. It's like every other possession. I think they had a turnover. It was crazy um this this kid from Chandler I, I can't say his name also uh
2: yeah the big guy I know who you're Marquette talking about at. yeah
3: um he had a really really nice game last night it, I'm kind of interested to see if they can take down Purdue what kind I know it's the beginning of the year but what kind of season do you think this Marquette squad could have
2: they're good. I mean, they're supposed to be good. Um, to truth be told, I've watched one college basketball game this year from start to finish, and that was the Duke and uh, Arizona game. Uh, so, yeah. I, you know, actually, I, so I was long asleep by the time that Kansas and uh, Marquette game ended last night. But, uh, you know, I don't pay too much attention, quite frankly, of college basketball before college football, the regular season ends. So I'll start paying more attention. Yeah, literally a little bit next week, and then definitely more after the college football conference uh, championship games are played. So, kind of the wrong guy to ask. Sorry about that. You know, I'm all in. Okay. Once we get to once we get to January, I'm definitely all in, and I watch yeah, like I every knew game. Yeah, a little
3: that's early, but I thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah.
2: No problem. I would. Um, yeah, but I've already I already talked to somebody this morning who mentioned that game to me uh, in just another conversation. We just kind of he got onto that, so. Yeah, so that's a game that uh, definitely caught the attention of several people, including you and him, and you're both smart people. So um, I got that in the back of my mind to pay attention to Marquette.
3: Thank you. Um, With the Cardinals this weekend, is it safe to say that Kyler Murray's had some of his worst games against the Rams?
2: Yeah, I think that's accurate to say. But I don't think it's just Kyler Murray. It's just basically the Cardinals against Sean McVay, no matter who the coach is. And he's you know he's faced several different coaches of the Cardinals uh, since he's been there. And I believe it's still he lost the one game right two years ago uh, when they won in out when they, so. won in An- actually, they won in Los Angeles. And they won in Los Angeles. actually Murray had a good game that day. I remember the big play that you know, the big pass play to A.J. Green. Uh, turned around that game, and that's the only game that uh, Sean McVay has ever lost to the Cardinals.
3: Go, going forward, um, this ASU-U of A rivalry game, it, I know this is – I sound like a broken record, but the least favorite team usually has the best success lately. Um, as an ASU fan, would you – what would be worse – <laughs> Arizona, because everything you have is Arizona has never made the Rose Bowl. That 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 is your main thing. Would that be one of the worst things that happen if they they win and then somehow find a way to get into that championship game? And who knows what happens?
2: Well, if they win, they might get in the Pac-12 Conference Championship game. So, right, uh, right. you know, de- depending on what happens with Oregon and Oregon State uh, on Friday. So, uh, you know, I don't know what to, I'm kind of a. Now I'm not really sure what rock bottom is for ASU anymore. I mean, they gave up 55 points you know, a couple of weeks ago to Utah, and Utah hasn't done anything since. And uh, they also gave up 42 points in uh, six touchdown passes to one guy in the first half last week. So that's pretty much rock bottom. Uh, actually, I don't. I think that uh, the U of a, uh, they don't their offense is not that great. I mean, their defense has been really good. I don't know how ASU is she was going to score many points, quite frankly, because I think the U of A defense has a chance to dominate that game. I think, that's, I think the U of A defense is the best unit in the field in that game on Saturday. All
3: right, Bob. Well, appreciate the time as always. Uh, have a great yeah. holiday. And uh, you too. I'll talk to you down the road.
2: We will do so. Thank you. Matt in Phoenix is up next. Hey, Matt.
0: Bob, how are you? Good. Good, good. I want to talk about uh, a couple of these college games. I'll go in reverse order of importance, in my opinion. Um, Texas (laughs) Texas Tech. I've watched a lot of Texas Tech this year. When they've had a healthy quarterback, and that includes Morton, um, who I kind of like, by the way, um, they've been pretty good. Um, I think they're kind of rounding into form. They're certainly not of the expectation we thought coming into the year when they were clearly overrated. And I think this Brooks injury for Texas is massive. Um, they didn't do much against uh, a bad Iowa State team. Um, mm-hmm. I think Texas Tech can hang in here. I don't care that they clinched uh, bowl eligibility. I think they're going to go in there and play extremely loose. I think McGuire is going to run some trick stuff, uh, pull out everything in the playbook, and, and try to get the win in, in this rivalry game for the last time. What are your thoughts in terms of uh, the dog and the points?
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't disagree at all. Uh, You know, certainly they have, uh, I think, more, you know, Texas has motivation for, you know, CFP implications, obviously. Sure. But, you know, Texas Tech, they don't know when they're ever going to play Texas again. I think it's safe to say that uh, nobody in the, unless, you know, unless McGuire turns out to be, you know, like a 70-year-old head coach or something, uh, I think it's safe to say that nobody in the Texas Tech uh, team or, you know, the school, is ever going to play Texas again? Most likely, if yeah. Texas gets their way on this, so we'll see. It's not just the Brooks injury now. You know, Xavier Worthy, who's an NFL receiver, likely a second yeah. or third day, second or third round draft pick, he left last week with an injury. I have no idea if he's playing or not. Also, they're one of their best offensive linemen, uh, Campbell. He was injured in that game against Iowa State last week. I have no idea if he's going to play or not. Those are three – you know, you mentioned Brooks. Those are three of their best players. Uh, we know yeah. that at least Brooks is out, obviously, the torn ACL. I don't know if Worthy and Campbell are playing or not. So I, I can't make much of a case uh, you know, for Texas. And and also, yours to me has not looked as good since he came back after totally he missed agree. some time because of the injury. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. Um, Texas Tech has a Brooks at running back who's pretty darn good. I'm sure people don't know much about him, but uh, he's fun to watch, uh, very – uh, good between the tackles, um, Oregon, Oregon State. Um, I was probably one of the only people that covered that game. I had two and a half that was posted on a look ahead, um, so I was fine with the results. Um, but I, I I know it's a I know it's a rivalry game. Um, but in terms of of motivation, uh, is that kind of a dream crusher last week for Oregon State with an all in effort against Washington and Um, One thing I'm not too uh, happy about if I'm an Oregon State backer, they're a bad tackling team. Um, And against Oregon, who gets guys in space a lot, I think that could be a big problem. Um, What are your thoughts here on the Ducks laying the points?
2: Um, I I can understand that. You know, this is a bigger deal for Oregon than usual because they blew a 21-point lead last year. Yes. And this is one of Dan Landing. This is the first bonehead fourth down decision that Landing made last year in this game. Yep. Turn the entire turned game, game off, around.
0: I turned it back on, and Oregon State was striving to win the game.
2: Turn the entire game around. This was the most obvious punt the damn ball situation, even more yep. so than this year against Washington. And he didn't learn his lesson less than this year, obviously, because he didn't remember that that happened last year. I guess. Uh, and Bo Nix. You know, not just last week, the six touchdown passes against ASU, but he's, he's thrown like 14 touchdowns, not like he's thrown 14 touchdowns the last three games. Now, you know, Oregon has zero wins now against the CFP top 25, by the way. Uh, so yeah, as far as you, as far as credibility go, yeah. so these Pac-12 teams have just kind of faded away. Some of them. Uh, just sure. kind of out of sight, out of mind at this point. The you know, Arizona's now, you know, the top, they're in the top 15, but, yep. you know, the US, the USC's and the UCLA's of the world are long yeah.
0: gone. And Utah. Um, and then the little game in yeah, Ann Arbor. Yeah, exactly.
2: Utah. Um, yep.
0: I, uh, I watched a lot of Maryland, Michigan last week. Uh, Maryland tried to do what Maryland does, and that give away the game. and Michigan didn't <laughs> allow them to. Um, their tackles are not good. Um, there are times where McCarthy takes a five- or a seven-step drop, and he has no chance. Um, and against Ohio State's edge rushers, that's a big problem to me. Um, conservative on offense over the last couple of weeks, Michigan's been, and I think that might be because of their tackles. Um, the fact well, that they uh, can't let's stop
2: right there because Henderson's playing. He did not play the last two games. Uh, he's okay. their best offensive lineman by far. He's their left tackle. Okay. The backup left tackle also got hurt early in that game last week and yeah. both those guys are expected to play this week. Uh, Roman okay. Wilson, who was injured in the first half against Maryland yep. and didn't come back, he's expected to play this week. Uh, so it looks like almost everybody from Ohio State and Michigan who has, have not played in the last few weeks with the exception of uh, you know, Lathan Ramson for Ohio State, seems like all those guys are expected to be at least available to try to play this week.
0: With the return to Travion Henderson, do you think Ohio State can run the ball at all uh, on Michigan?
2: Doubtful. I think that Ohio okay. State's tackles are the worst. Th- these are the worst offensive tackles Ohio State has had since the late 80s. And yesterday on the show, I picked uh, Michigan to win this game, unfortunately. 20-13. Uh, to okay. 13, I think Ohio State will be dominated at the line of scrimmage like they have been the last two years.
0: Wow, okay. Um Caesars had a six-and-a-half before the games last weekend. I, I did take Ohio State in the point, um, but my biggest position here is under the total. I, this is a 1995 slobber knocker in the Big Ten between these two teams, in my opinion. And I think 2013 well, makes a lot of sense.
2: Hopefully it's not 1995 because Bianca Batuka had like 300 yards rushing in 1995. So uh, I, think like I, I think it's more like 1970. I like it's more like 1975. <laughs> so when it was like uh, you know, the 12 to well, 10. Or. Holiday. Okay, you too. Thank you. All right. Also, looks like no snow. I mean, it depends on when you check the weather forecast for Ann Arbor. If you looked earlier in this week, it was snow on Saturday. Ohio State's best chance to win this game is if they throw the ball. They need the most perfect conditions ever. No precipitation, no wind would help Ohio State tremendously.
0: Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question on KDUS1060.com. That's KDUS1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kemp's bottom line at KDUS1060.com.
3: It's time for today's national roundup
2: back. final segment today, sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. A little rip from the headlines and from the wire combo here. The Steelers firing offensive coordinator back Canada. means that Kenny Pickett's uh, future after this season, the starting quarterback might depend on the new play caller, who is Mike Sullivan. Um, so there's different uh, – there's kind of – He's like the running back's coach, and he's going to call the plays. They have another guy who's going to be the, quote, offensive coordinator, so we'll see if that works. Pickett has six touchdown passes this season, and in two years as a starting quarterback, Pickett has 13 touchdown passes. That's it. Meanwhile, the Ravens, uh, they're going to need a deep run in the playoffs The Valley product Mark Andrews might be able to return from ankle surgery uh, this postseason. Uh, John Harbaugh said last week that uh, when it happened, the night that it happened, Andrews was out for the season. He's backed off on that some this week and saying that if uh, they get deep into the playoffs, he might be able to return. Meanwhile, Joe Flacco of the Browns signed him on Monday. There's been uh, some talk the last couple of days that the biggest reason that Flacco signed with the Browns is they wanted to keep him away from the Bengals. Also, the Browns actually had more salary cap space than the Bengals did to sign Mr. Flacco. Meanwhile, the Colts on Thursday cut Shaquille Leonard, whose massive contract is likely going to prevent him from being claimed by another team via waivers. Uh, so if he gets uh, taken by somebody in free agency, um, you know, basically he's uh, got an insane contract. He's had two back surgeries. Uh, so then he's not anywhere near the same player he was said. Sent- yeah, you know, he's been benched, and he was uh, somewhat insubordinate about being benched, so he's now no longer on the Colts. College football, to repeat from earlier, kind of a uh, you know from earlier in the show from the pipeline, uh, Billy Napier and also athletic director Scott Strickland uh, are likely going to be fired uh, at the University of Florida this weekend, uh, assuming they lose the game at Florida State and don't make a bowl game. Uh, to repeat, from here's the repeat part. Uh, Jed Fish, the U of A coach, is a University of Florida alum, is supposedly being, at least being mentioned, as a possible candidate to be the next University of Florida coach. Ohio State offense coordinator Jim Knowles is the 2023 Frank Broyles winner as the nation's top assistant coach. This is, you know, can't they wait till after the Michigan game to do that? Because they, Ohio State has not really played a good offense this year. Quite frankly, I don't even know who the best offense that they've played this year is because it's the Big Ten. You can say the same thing about Michigan, quite frankly. I guess Maryland would be the best offense that both of those teams have played so far. Meanwhile, uh, I guess Notre Dame, somebody say, might say that, but Notre Dame is not as good at offense as Sam Hartman. Had, I think it's uh, safe to say a disappointing season as the Notre Dame quarterback. Meanwhile, uh, your coaching openings out there, Bronco Mendenhall, Former BYU and Virginia coach. He left Virginia because he had problems with the administration. Just kind of mysteriously uh, retired a couple years ago, but really hasn't retired. He wants back in. I don't know if he ever wanted out, uh, but it looks like he's uh, at least one of the front runners for the Syracuse job, which opened uh, opened up last week. Mike Schilt, who got absolutely hosed uh, when he was in uh, St. Louis with the Cardinals. For uh, baseball, he got fired two years ago, and they've never been any good since he left. They fired him because he wasn't in the uh, same uh, metrics court as the front office, and the front office has made some bonehead decisions. Mike Schild is the new manager of the uh, San Diego Padres. All right, stay tuned. The extra points up next the Friday spread on Monday.